0: Everyone, please welcome my near and dear friend, actor, voice actor, stage performer, camera performer, performer, <laughs> Cass <laughs> Marin. <laughs> Hi, Cass. Thank you so much Hi. for being here.
1: Thank you for inviting me on. I'm excited.
0: Well, welcome to Woo Woo.
1: Woo Woo. I'm excited.
0: So thank you so much for being here. You were coming at the tail end of what is wrapping up an incredible Pride Month. And I think what makes it even more incredible is that you came to visit <laughs> and we got to connect when you were here in LA. It
1: was so fun. I missed you guys so And I, I forgot, I had something in my purse for both you and Zach that I forgot what? to give you. Oh. Look at this. Look at this. It's Mothman. I love
0: And it's a pride it. flag. And it kind of rivers. looks like, looks like Homer. <laughs> <laughs> Homer.
1: Homer is If Moth
0: Homer man. had wings, that's what I say. Oh, that's so It'll sweet. You're so sweet. Well, I Thank you. I'm
1: thinking to see you guys next time when I'm in LA.
0: Fuck I- Mothman. Like,
1: I I would love An to Mothman.
0: An icon. A legend. I, I've been sneaking in images of the Babadook into my edits <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as like the gay icon. Like he's Baba Shook by these Baba looks. Oh, so... <laughs> what? I love that! <laughs> have you seen that movie by the way?
1: I have seen the movie.
0: What were your thoughts on it? Did you like it?
1: You know, it's been a while. I think I remember liking it. There was a, a lot of symbolism in that movie, right?
0: A lot for like every single minority group or, uh, ostracized, Right? I mean, I feel like there was something there for everyone.
1: I need to watch it again, to be honest. It's been a yeah. minute. But I remember, yeah, it was like this he's got a top hat, right? They've got a top hat. <laughs>
0: he's gay. 100%. Gotta be like the Monopoly guy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so are you okay? First, I'm gonna catch everybody up. Uh, audience, for those of you who may or may not know, Kasmarin. She is an actor and an actress, as I introduced her before. Um, you actually, when I first met you, I was doing your makeup and it was for a photo shoot, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you and I were kind of bonding over video games because you are a gamer. Yeah,
1: I love I love video games. Yeah, yeah. Recently, I've been um, on Warzone a lot. More than I'd like to admit.
0: Oh, you don't <laughs> strike me as a Warzone gal. It's
1: so fun. It's oh, so much. I think because I have a lot of friends, like they live in different countries. So it's a, a way to us just to bond. You know, we'll just like log on and we're like talking about everything while we're just, you know, playing. And it's so much fun. I love it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So you play Warzone, and then, but you were a voice, you were a character for Smite, right?
1: I was.
0: Yeah. Yes. How many characters did you do? Did you just do the one or one swipe?
1: I've done three. Um, one of them I know that was, th- I think, one of the most popular ones was um, Cyber Knox, I believe the name was.
0: Okay. It's
1: like Cyber Mommy that I wish I looked like in real life. At your service, a shadow requires both light and a feature standing in its path. And no one casts one right in the eye. <sighs> that means, like, cyber arms.
0: She is ferocious. Oh, my
1: uh, God. She's very buoyant. She's, yes. she's just... I loved voicing her. It was so, so when you
0: that. do something like this, do you... Is it so much fun? Like, is there a part of you that, like, really just believes for a second? Like, if you close your eyes that you are this person?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's cool because you can... They kind of show you images of what the the character looks like. Oh, that's um, cool. It, and you don't... I know for this character, they put effects on top. So you don't hear that until after they have... Yeah. You know, they do all of the finalization and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, no, it's so much fun. It's... You, you're... You're getting to play this, like, badass character, and you just get into that. You're like, I'm this cyber, just, like, badass and yeah, blowing, you know, all these other characters up with cool powers.
0: I mean, do you visualize things as you perform them out? Like, do you imagine that this is happening, or, or what's the level? Because I also know that some people just... They're very like, okay, this is the line. I'm going to say the line. Like, what is acting for you when you're portraying a character, especially one we don't have to see on camera?
1: Yeah. Um, well, acting is such a personal journey for everyone. You know, there's like so many different, um, you know, techniques and everything. And I feel like for me, it's very visceral. I, I feel kind of, and it's hard to explain getting to that point because I, I prepare beforehand. Um, just mostly based on visceral, um, reactions to align, you know, you read a scene and you're like, okay, this is the objective. This is, you know, what you think you would feel during that moment. And, um, and, and, and then once I'm in it, I just let go and I let the subconscious take over because I've prepared for it. So it's all there. And then that's the fun part of it. Just, just letting go and just letting it happen. Ah, like it's just I don't know. It's, a, it's kind of like therapy, you know, especially when it's yeah. a scene or, or, or a role where you have to just like let shit out and like cry. And, and, you know, just something like that is just very therapeutic in a way.
0: You know, what's interesting as you say that I kind of started getting pings of what it feels like to be a psychic medium channeling hmm. because you, you know, the physicality of this world And yet you have to step into a bit of like a flow and kind of like that character takes on a voice of its own. It takes Mm -hmm. on a personality of its own. That's exactly how psychic mediumship kind of works a little bit. There is a different, there's like a further type of trans mediumship where you relinquish your body and you let spirit just channel through like, and in some cases, some people actually let spirits take over them and they, they bind or they, they, commune with them in a way that's just like it's a little intimidating so I don't go down that way yeah
1: but, I would imagine so it's, yeah yeah you're like but
0: it's interesting yeah but,
1: control right to absolutely to another entities
0: another entity but yeah. you I feel like there is a fair amount of channeling that mm-hmm. you're doing with the character mm-hmm. and I think that's really cool I think. So that being said, that's going to lead me into the whole thing of like psychic phenomena. Do you think that you're a psychic or an intuitive, or do you have a strong intuition? Like what's your experience with that?
1: You know, I don't, I trust my gut feeling a lot. It it has gotten me through things where I'm like, okay, this is strange. There was one time where I'm like, what was this? 2017, there was a huge earthquake in Mexico and the night before I had a dream where I was with my mom, we were in Mexico and the sirens went off cause they, they have every, every year they have a um, kind of a simulation. It's kind of a, a drill um, yeah. of sorts. This and, is like uh,
0: citywide or
1: citywide. Yeah. Just a drill. And, um, and I remember hearing that drill in the dream and I turned to my mom and I was like, it's not a drill. There's, a, there's an actual earthquake happening right now. Wow. Anyway, I woke up, I told my mom this dream and, uh, the next day, um, we were in a taxi, and um, we kept hearing things on the radio. The taxi driver kept uh, another taxi driver was like, "Hey, um, there's an earthquake going on right now," and we heard the sirens go off. And my mom was like, "Is it's is, that's a drill, right?" And the taxi driver was like, "No, ma'am, it's not a drill. It's an actual earthquake." And I was like, "What is going on?" So I had a dream the night before that we were going to have, you know, an earthquake, it wasn't going to be a drill. so, yeah, 2017, Mexico had that earthquake on the anniversary of the major earthquake. Wow. Um, during the drill. So it was insane. It was insane. So you have a,
0: you're very connected to your intuition then.
1: It's that's one of the, you know, one of the major times that I was like, I don't know what that was. It was crazy, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do trust my intuition when it comes to people, energies and things like that but that yeah. was the first time when i had a dream of something that actually happened which yeah
0: that reminds me of a time i was in high school and i had a dream about oh this is gonna sound really weird um and i hope i don't offend or trigger anyone so we'll just say trigger warning uh right before 9-11 i had a dream maybe the week before and it was I laugh at it because it was so cartoonish. I was streaming. It looked like you were looking at like Super Mario Brothers from the 80s, 90s, like two dimensional, like jumping on the blocks and going up and over. But I was driving this car. We were going down the land like Super Mario Brothers style. And then we jumped a hill. But then when I jumped a hill, there was like a really tall hill and my car crashed into it and then like these little cartoon mechanics came and fixed the car and so we jumped over the hill and then we jumped into the second one and that hill like crashed over and i remember thinking like that dream was so vivid to me and i was talking about it i even wrote it in a journal somewhere and i told a coworker at the time and i was like man i was like that's such a weird dream like i just remember like the impact of the hills like they were and then when i saw the twin towers and I saw the whole thing. I remember I was a senior in high school and watching it all on television, playing out and just going back to my dream. I'm like,
1: That's did, incredible. I, oh my did God. I
0: know? Like, did I know yeah. and what, are, what are the chances that two Hills were hit? And like yeah, both yeah. of the Hills were like very much Mario, Bro- it was a very Mario brothers type of thing. But it, it's one of those things that I look back to in my early Uh, early part of life and i'm like no i was picking up on an energy that was in the world and i was picking up on an energy that either was future tense or past tense there was something strange happening there and for me to see this dream so vividly i can remember it now to this day but also like I told people this dream. I never, I was like 16, 17 years old. I didn't tell people my dreams. I didn't walk around at work and be like, but it was something that sat so deeply within me that I remember telling people, my coworkers the next day. And I was like, I had the weirdest dream and it was so real, but it was like a video game. And anyway, so I, I I always tie back into like our senses, our senses can pick up like strange, strange things
1: just energy. It's like you said, I think it's something, you know, some of us, I think are a little bit more sensitive to certain things, you know, like you, I mean, are very sensitive. Like I said, that was the first time that had ever happened where I had a dream that does run in my family. My family does have a lot of dreams about people, something happening. And they're always like, I need to call so-and-so because I had a dream about them. And they'll yeah. call and they'll be like, yeah, I just broke my leg or yeah, I'm, you know, sick or something. So that Does your family it.
0: have the superstition of like, you can't talk about dreams until after you've eaten breakfast?
1: No, no I've never heard of it. We have the superstition of if you have a bad dream, talk about it because okay. you cancel it. Once you talk about it, don't hold on to it. So that's why I told my mom the dream of the earthquake and it still happened. <laughs> so like... <laughs>
0: that's kind of my that's that's in in my family it's always like if you've had a bad dream or tumultuous dream or a nightmare the next morning (laughs) because we were all very vivid dreamers but my mom had this house rule of if it was a bad dream you can't tell us about it until you had something to eat physically put something into your mouth like she was very superstitious about that because she was like, if it was a dream involving death or an accident or something like that, it's going to come true unless you eat something and then you tell us. And wow. and I think that, you know, I always wondered if that was like a cultural thing or if that was a her thing. That's very, I should ask her about that, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where that came from. Cause yeah, I mean, we do have that, you know, talk about it, but we don't do the. The breakfast thing. Maybe if I would have had breakfast first,
0: I'm <laughs> I mean, Chuck. I mean, Cass, you were just such a young. I just,
1: Charles, a two thousand and seventeen earthquake.
0: <laughs> so I, I want to kind of go back into how I also further know you. So you and I met years ago, and we had such an instantaneous bond. She gets me. I get her. Like she's a rad gal. I'm a cool yeah. dude. Like we are meant to list. like connect forever that's how i felt anyway um and so i ran i I saw i we met again on queen of the south Mm -hmm. and the irony of me now running a metaphysical podcast is that you were a card reader oracle to a character in queen of the south what season was that even in i don't even remember
1: gosh that was maybe maybe season three maybe season three and um (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, I got tarot card reader, and uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Was lot that was
0: fun. cool. Did you do any yeah. research into that, or do you do Oracle or tarot cards?
1: I don't do tarot cards. I did do research. It was, it was such a, you know, you're booked, and then you're filming, you know, next week, that I tried as much as I could to just absorb as much information as possible Yeah, from the internet. I did get tarot cards. I did just kind of, you know, try reading um, and just using them. But on set, it's, it's so funny because there's a certain, you know, there, there's a, okay, during this line, you're going to do this action. During this line, you're going to do this action, you know, it's, yeah. it's, um, very meticulous and you have to remember all of that while you're acting. So it was a very, um, once I was on set, I thought, okay, maybe I can use some of this to what I've learned to bring it to the scene. And I was yeah. very much a, okay, let's scrap what was in the script. And now we're going to do this, um, this line, you're going to flip this card over and then you're going to, you know, so, and then it was, that's the new action. We're going to roll in five seconds, you know? And I was like, wait, like, let me just, you know, kind of try to, to, to just, you know, re rehearse that for a little bit. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I did, I did study a little bit. Um, I don't do tarot card reading. I, I, you know, I just,
0: I think that's very interesting because I think a lot of people take what they see on television as reality.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, and I say that to mean that like, no, they're acting. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people will be cast like typecast per se of like, they go into a a spiritual shop or a rock or crystal shop. And they're like, Oh my God, you look perfect for the role that we're trying to do. You want to come do tarot cards. That's not what happened with you. Right? Like you, you're, you are a multimedia performer and actor, but it's it's very fascinating to me that people that only watch that show and see that role, they're like, oh, she does this. I mean, has that affected you in any of your other jobs or like you as an actor?
1: No, no, no. That hasn't happened. Um, like me personally, I love crystals. I love, I do love the metaphysical. It's just, I'd never delved into the tarot card reading. And I do find that very just fascinating. Yeah. Um, but no, it hasn't. It hasn't. Um, if anything, I feel like, um, any certain way, I haven't gone to any other roles that have to do with like supernatural or you know, metaphysical. Would you like Would
0: you like lean into a role like that if it came your way? Absolutely. <laughs> this is the thing because
1: even in Mexico, um, I think I've mentioned this to you before, but it, and you know, you know, we have very just. We have things like limpias, you know, whenever someone's feeling a certain way, uh, the cleansing with the egg, the um, mal de ojo, which I don't yeah. know how you would translate into English. It's the bad evil eye. I, evil I mean... eye. Evil eye. Yeah. And so we are very superstitious in certain in certain ways. And so it was very easy for me, too, because, I, I mean, it's no question. In, in Mexico, I know even my family, we don't question ghosts. We don't question anything like that. You know, if yeah, someone, you coexist, you coexist and, and, it, and it's a reality, you know what I mean? Um, if someone's feeling a certain way, we're like, Oh, they need a limpia, Yeah. They need a cleanse. And, and, you know, you'll go to someone who knows how to do a cleanse, usually aunts, grandmas, you know, yeah. they know how to do it. And, so are you uh,
0: yeah. Mexican descent or did you grow up or were you born and raised in Mexico? Like what's your connection to Mexico?
1: I was, my family's from Mexico, Mexico city. Um, I was born in the U S but I did yeah. grow up in both places. So, um, that's so yeah, cool. That's the best. Of, well, that's yeah.
0: wonderful. Well, I, I think it's beautiful. Like Mexico is such a beautiful country. It is. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that certain people in our Northern country mm-hmm. <laughs> don't accept and see the beauty because honestly, yeah. Borders are keeping us from so many beautiful things both north of us and south of us and around us like all around us it's just you know to the point where i i would even go as far uh, as far to say that i rejected a fair amount of my heritage when i was younger Mm. and i cringe now thinking about it i'm like why did i not try to learn spanish and again like even my parents you know they they're you know, they were born and raised in Texas. They're American citizens. I think my grandparents are American citizens. And they tried, like my parents would have me speak to my grandparents in Spanish. That was kind of like the thing. But in our household, the only time Spanish was ever used around us growing up was when they were arguing, my parents. And they thought- When it got real. (laughs) Yes. And they were like, they don't know what we're saying. So, So whenever they were fighting or arguing, mom and dad, I'm sorry if you're listening- but whenever they were arguing they would always do it in spanish and so my growing up with that was like it's it's a language i shouldn't just know the cuss words you know i shouldn't yeah. just know how to read someone for filth with spanish and so it's it's beautiful now that we're in a phase of existence where people are recognizing their differences and they're recognizing their unique individualities and their cultural lineage and I just, I think that's so wonderful. And I, I think it's really cool that you got to spend time in like both places, like equally. So it's a part of your upbringing. And like you said, Mexican culture can be very spiritual. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, I don't even re- think that half of the Mexican abuelas and tias realize that they're practicing folk magic. You know, when they do limpias with the egg and they do brushing with herbs over the body. Yet they're, they're at church every Sunday. I'm going to ask you flat out. Mm -hmm. Uh Do you believe in ghosts?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I want more.
0: An aerial voice. (laughs) Yeah, no.
1: I, I mean, in, in, in Mexico, it's almost, I think the majority of people, you just don't question it. It's, it's part of life. You know, you'll have an aunt that says, Oh, you know, I saw your uncle, you know, last night. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, you know, he's visiting. Or, or you know, it, it's just very yeah, just normal. Um, there have been some spooky, there's been some spooky shit that's happened in our family. And, and it's just stories, you know, that people will mention and they'll be like, Oh, yeah, that happened. And you're really?
0: like, Really? Can you, can you share?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a few. I know um, one of the, sp- <laughs> my mom, um, she went through this, um, she at my grandpa's house, she would hear knocking in the middle of the night and they, they were building another house right behind my grandpa's house. And, um, she would hear knocking and chains just kind of dragging. And this was a few days and she was all
0: like, those chains, is, <laughs> you know, it's always
1: chains. And, and, and she always you know, the chains in Mexico. I don't understand. And she, and she uh, went to the guy that that was building the house and she's like, hey, you guys need to stop doing that at like three or four in the morning. He's like, no, we we don't build at three or four in the morning. There's no one there and no one's living there while it's being built. Yeah. And she's like, OK. Um, and uh, and then kept happening. She went back to him and she's like, I just keep hearing this knocking that goes from one side of the room to the other side of the room. Just same wall. There was there is a well. There was a well in that area. There is still, but they covered it. And uh, years ago, this old lady fell into the well.
0: Not the old lady in the well.
1: Old lady in the well.
0: Oh, my God. It's like baby Jessica all over again, but like an old lady.
1: An old lady. She fell in and her daughter saw, you know, she was with her. She's screaming for help. She starts knocking on the walls trying to get someone to help her. Yeah. While she tries to help her mom get out, she falls in the well and she dies as well. Hmm. So my mom was like, oh, is that the knocking? Like she, 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 you know, she was just like, okay, that, that that must be it. It must be some kind of, you know, leftover energy, something that's just there whenever they were building the house. Maybe when they, you know, uncovered the well, it just kind of opened something up. And so they had someone come and cleanse and, and she stopped hearing it. But yeah, it was very.
0: Wow. That's. Funny that you should mention the chains and the dragging and the knocking because my family, my mom used to tell us like, so it, was it you that posted that meme of, like, or you sent me a a meme or a TikTok of like how all the families seem to end with ghost stories?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was me. It was true. It was like, true. Yeah, that's literally like, you get together yes. and you just talk about. <laughs> If you're a kid,
0: you're a Latino kid. It's like, yeah. you hear about the lechuza, the chupacarra, like the Yeah, The
1: Llorona. Yeah. Oh my God.
0: My own story about that. But it's like, you know, you, you think about it. And I remember my mom saying that there was a house down the street on the ranch FM road that they used to live on in South mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah. And there was like a house that somebody had died, get this, from eating bad pork
1: Oh, what, shit. Is that,
0: what is that called? When you get the, when you get the. The E. coli? Yeah. Whatever <laughs> The salmonella or whatever. The
1: salmonella? Something. You oh, get The E. coli
0: or something from eating bad pork. God. And uh, so this boy or person, family member, young child family Ooh. member had eaten bad pork, got sick and died. And his spirit was still haunting the house and that they would, the family moved out of the house um for whatever reason and mom again if you're listening i'm sorry if i'm getting the story all wrong and butchering it (laughs) i'm sorry my heart's in the right place i'm only trying to do it for the best of my recollection trying our
1: best
0: yeah but this little boy who died from eating bad pork his spirit was haunting that house and the family couldn't bear Living in that house anymore without the boy. Like it was the whole familial thing. And so they moved to a different house. And so my mom and the neighborhood kids, like the other rancher kids, like they would ride their bicycles up and down these FM roads. And every time they passed that house at night, which they were strictly forbidden to go out at night, you know? And so if they were being rebellious and they would go out at night and they would pass this house, sometimes they would hear knocking or they would hear chains that sounded like they were getting dragged through the house or the chains would be like whipped against trees. Like you would hear like the clashing of chains. Yeah. And, and so this was a big thing in their neighborhood because nobody freaking lived there, you know, like, so they were like, why are we hearing this shit when nobody lives there?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Why did like, is it a thing with ghosts in Mexico where they're like, I need a chain. Like, I need, like, I'm a ghost now. Where are my chains? Like, let me fucking, like, because even now I'm like, well, mom, where did, where did the the chains? Like, we get the knocking, right? Where are the chains come from? Yeah. Like, like know. you know? So it's like, is there just some, just like secondary ghosts, just like, what uh, those chains around? Well, like I've this? been
0: drinking. Watermelon. Um, <laughs> no, I, you know what? It's interesting about that is that I hear, what I'm learning in my mediumship education in my mediumship education is that earthbound spirits are spirits who have decided they don't want to go into the light and they don't want to move forward. And their whole thing here is they think they're doing you a solid by staying back in this earth realm as a spirit. But like, as a human being, you have a purpose here. Like mm-hmm. when you're born you have a soul purpose here and you have many soul and i say s-o-u-l soul purposes here it's not s-o-l-e like you have one well, thing to do fine, yeah. yeah and and so the theory is that when you're born into this life you have divine purpose to be here soul contracts you have things you're supposed to do and accomplish and whatever and help other people on their journeys and likewise they're going to help you on their journey but when you die and your soul spirit stays here it is now kind of skirting around the whole purpose of being here in the first place Mm -hmm. meaning like when you're in life you have a purpose but in death you're supposed to move into the collective of like whole souls and like the soul pool and You know, you kind of join the divine consciousness, you know, or the unity, as they say, or some people call it heaven or paradise or whatever you believe, but like your soul ascends to that. And if you choose not to ascend into it and you want to stay into this earthly vibration, then you kind of lose your purpose. And so I almost wonder if the whole chain thing isn't the fact that you've decided to spiritually chain yourself to this realm. Like we oh, yeah. we could think we're as fabulous as we want to be spiritually. I just don't, I, th- I feel like it's a very low vibration. It's a physical dense vibration. And as we work our way up, you know, the ladder, like whenever our souls get stuck here and, and that's not to say like my, my experience as an energetic psychic medium is that souls from the collective will come in and out to give you messages you know, and help you belong. And they're like, Hey, we're still cheering for team you. Like we're still on the other side, cheering you on. You don't have to be earthbound to do that. And and I feel like sometimes souls think they have to be earthbound to continue helping their partner, their spouse, their, you know, their children or whatever. And it's like, no, you've, you've got to go over and help from the other side. You can't stay here because this is yeah. where life is. This is where, this is where physicality is. And, and I don't know. So I almost wonder if the whole chain thing isn't like a symbolism for that, for earthbound Being spirits changed. chaining themselves down to this dimension, you know? That makes sense. That makes yeah. so much
1: sense. My family has seen some crazy shit. And like one, one example was uh, my uncle when he passed away. Um, my aunt was at the funeral with my cousin. My cousin had this, um, gosh, in Spanish, it's escapulario. It's like a, a, not a rosary, but it's kind of like a, it's kind of a medallion of sorts. And
0: um, yeah, I feel like I've heard of that before.
1: It's like a brown, it's, it's made out of just fabric. And she took it off of my cousin's neck and put it on my uncle. And um, a few days passed. My cousin, she was younger, she had a dream of my uncle taking off the, the medallion and giving it to her and saying, I don't need this anymore. She woke up and the medallion was on her nightstand. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff like the
1: And it gets, it gets crazier. Like there's some other no. stories that I'm like, Phew. and yeah, it's, it's the craziest one is uh, my aunt. She, um, she lived in this house and it was a very, that house, even when I was younger, when I'd go in, I'd feel heavy, just a heavy, heavy, just energy. It, It just, it didn't, I didn't like staying over. Um, anyway, she was, it was this long house. So from her bedroom through the door, you could see the living room and the kitchen. Her kids were all the way over in the kitchen playing cards. She was in her bedroom reading the newspaper and, um, she says the dog was at the door of the bedroom, and he kept looking at the ceiling, and just whining and crying. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she felt this cold, just like air rush into the bedroom, and she felt this, just in Spanish, it's el it, subió el muerto. the the, and they, and I can't think of the word in English, but when you can't move, you're paralyzed, yeah. and you feel like something is on you. So she felt this heavy weight on her. And she said, um, I tried as hard as I could to just make a cross with my fingers as I was holding the newspaper. And as soon as I did that, the weight lifted, but a black cat kind of manifested from that and ran out of the bedroom. And the dog chased it, and it smelled like sulfur. And she started screaming, and the kids came in, and she was like, did you guys see the cat? The cat? She just she, That's all she could say is the cat. And yeah. they were like, what cat? There was no cat. Like, what are you talking about? And so she doesn't know what what that was. I know, um, the full story, I know at some point she had to go to like a, like a, like a, somebody, curandero, or a- curandero. She had to go to curandera yeah. and, she, um, the rest of the story of she had to get a chicken and cut the head off and do this and that just to kind of get a sort of energy. So it seems like it was kind of like a, someone was trying to curse her or something was going on, but that's the craziest story. Cause yeah, everyone knows and everyone's like, yeah, no, it, you know, it's, it's, it's real. Because yeah. the kids were there, they saw her freaking out and just screaming and crying, and they smelled the sulfur. So they were like, "Yeah, we don't know what that was. It smelled like sulfur." And yeah. the
0: sulfur is an interesting thing because I <clears throat> there is some truth to the smell of sulfur. Because one time I was living in a house, I was a teenager, I was very young. Um, we started getting these weird visitations. There was a distinct smell that would follow mm-hmm. one energy and when it came into the house it only stayed in one part of the house it was the di- it was like the formal dining room that nobody ever used like with the good furniture and the fancy curtains and like the chandeliers and all that stuff in my mom's house and so this energy entity whatever it was that always seemed to come in and manifest in that front formal dining room that none of us ever spent time in like if we ever went to the restroom that was adjoining to it or if my mom was ever doing dishes in the kitchen, which had like a direct like vision way, like a whole way into that dining room everybody felt uncomfortable in the evenings and even more so, like I remember me doing dishes as a teenager or my mother, cause we always used to do, my mom is so old school. She's like, don't use a dishwasher. That wastes the most water. You know? yeah. so,
1: well, it's still a in our house. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: we would like, we would find, we'll wash it by hand, but as we're washing it by hand, there's like a window to our backyard. We're like, Oh, that's nice doing dishes. But then, sometimes you would feel something creep up behind you watch you be around you, but when you smelled the sulfur, shit. that's when you knew that fucker was there. And you mm-hmm. were like, oh, I'm good. And you would put the plate down into the dish. And just <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. go back to the living room and watch Jerry Springer or Montel or whatever my parents were watching that night. And it's like, nope, there's something in the kitchen. And my mom would be like, there's nothing in there. Go in there and do the dishes. And then oh, she God. would go in and be like, yeah, I think there's something there because oh, it's still kind of weird. In the yeah. I'm like, listen, I'm not making it up.
1: <laughs> you can feel it. I think it, it's just a heavy and smell. It, yeah, heavy energy, and yeah, it, it, the smell of sulfur. And like to this day, she doesn't know what it was, but she just went through Guanadera and they did this whole thing with a chicken, and you know, they were able to clear it. But I remember going over to her house and being like, I don't like this house. I just don't like it. It's 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 just the energy was just something was off. And as a kid. You know, I was yeah. like, this is, I don't want to stay here. They'd be like, you're staying over your ancestors. I was like, no, please. Like, I don't want to stay here. I just, yeah. I can't. Um, there's one more. <laughs> this one freaked me. I mean, that one freaked me out too. The other ones have freaked me out. But this one, um, I had a cousin who had a retreat for class. I think it was like senior class, whatever. It was a retreat. Yeah. When these cabins. There was a bonfire in the middle. Cabin for the, the staff. Cabin for them. And uh, it's the middle of the night. They were around the bonfire. And someone points up to the uh, roof of their cabin. There was a man on the roof in a cowboy hat. And he's just waving at them. And they were like, who's that guy? And they were just like, okay, that's not any of, you know, the the maids that were helping or the the cooks. Everyone already went to sleep. It's midnight. And the guy was just up there, just waving. Just kept waving. Just wouldn't stop. So wow. they all went into the cabin and they all slept in the same room and they all prayed and they were like, none of us slept. We asked, you know, people the next day, the, the people in the other cabin, if they knew who that was, they were like, no, there's no one. Cool. But yeah, yeah, no one knew who that man was, how he got up on the roof because it was literally up on the roof of this cabin and uh, just waving.
0: That's crazy. It yeah. that actually reminds me of a paranormal investigation. I did one time, and i saw what i now know to be a demonic entity oh,
1: yeah well i'm sure this was it's just it, what else would just smile cuz he was smiling as well smile and just wave and just yeah. it's just it's so uh like just the vibes <laughs> the vibes are off you the know
0: vibes are off
1: <laughs> up on the <laughs> roof just waving <laughs> like what kind of ghost like you don't do that you do that in your real life
0: move on bitch like go into the light girl yeah yeah (laughs) Ann or whoever that is well that's wonderful thank you so much for sharing your stories uh where can everybody find you all right you're on tiktok i know because you have some epic
1: tiktok exploiting my cats um uh, yes it's under under cast.mar underscore um and then i just got back on instagram uh, of like a couple of months it's uh under Cast. Marin underscore. I think I don't even know my username. I, I can name.
0: I can link it in the box and just so Perfect. everybody can find you, they can follow you and see the great projects that you are doing. And I just want to connect everybody to you. You have such a beautiful energy. You are an incredible actress. You are an incredible friend. You are an incredible human being. Well, if you take on another supernaturally charged role. You're just gonna have to like jump in Listen, to the conversation I and give am us manifesting.
1: I want a vampire role. That's what I'm you would be a
0: great vampire.
1: I've been begging for. Yes. Literally, that's that's all I want. That's if I get one of those roles, I'm done. I do it, that's
0: it. <laughs> this is what we I need want reboot then. True Blood, yeah. yeah oh, no. like, or like, let's, like, let's
1: reboot true blood. Something man. <laughs> but yeah. Well thank you for awesome. having me, Ray. This was so yeah. fun. I miss Thanks you guys. Yes, I can't wait I to get back too. to
0: LA. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. To find out more about my guest or myself, please check out the description box and don't forget to leave a like, a comment, and subscribe. Until next time, Wu family.